The Donut Bag is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business. Protect it with ExpressVPN for three extra months free with a one-year package. Go to the link listed in my Twitter profile. What's going on, everybody? We are continuing our countdown of every Seinfeld episode. This one, we are counting down from 85 to 70. So let's go. All right. Number 85, The Soulmate from Season 8. George is convinced the chairman of the Susan Foundation thinks he killed Susan, so he records a conversation when he's not there. Uh, Elaine meets some old friends that who, who say she has to have a baby. And Jerry's new girlfriend, Pam, drops in on Jerry but talks to Kramer, and Kramer falls in love with her, and they kind of fight about it. Uh, this was a pretty weak episode. All, all the, the, uh, all the plots did not do well. George leaves us a, a briefcase and then the briefcase breaks or something like that. And it reveals that he, uh, was, was recording them. And, uh, it turns out that they did think that, that he killed her. So, okay. Um, the, the interesting thing about Elaine is that she meets, a, a guy who actually turns out to be, I believe it's the next episode, the Bizarro Jerry. Uh, he is the, 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 the main guy from the Bizarro Jerry world. Uh, his boyfriend's, uh, her boyfriend's name is Kevin. And um, at some point, I don't know why Elaine, either Elaine and Jerry's girlfriend don't want to have kids. So every guy in this, in this episode, um, Kramer, uh, yeah, Kramer, Jerry, Newman, Kevin, they all get vasectomies. Like, what what, what the heck was that? Uh, one thing about Jerry's uh, girlfriend, Pam, she looked a lot like Meryl Streep. Um, also, there is a library scene where Newman was feeding lines to Kramer. Uh, that was that was pretty cute. But yeah, everybody gets a vasectomy. That was just weird. So that's number 85. The soulmate number 84 of the invitations. It's time for George and Susan's wedding, but George doesn't think he could go through it. And Jerry finds a woman that's almost exactly like him. Um, Kramer goes to the bank and the bank's policy is if they uh, if if they don't greet him with a hello, then they get a hundred dollars. And I don't think Elaine had anything to do in this episode. Uh, but th the main thing is this is the episode where Susan dies. And I think this is the, one of the worst moments in the entire series. Susan dies because George picks the cheap invitations with the bad glue. And the doctor tells him she's dead. And George and the gang basically are like, Oh, she's dead. Okay, bye. And that's it. I thought that was one of, the, one of the worst moments of the series. Like, how can you be that callous and indifferent about somebody that just died? That's just weird. Also, every wedding I know about, the bride's family pays for all that. So they would have paid for the invitation. So why did they go cheap in the first place? I don't know. And why didn't George know that his that her family was rich? Why didn't he find this out later? That, that was weird also. Um, but the way George tries to get out of it before she dies is he pretends to smoke. 
then he says he wants a prenup and she's like oh you want a prenup fine i make more money than you um and then and then uh the the final scene george calls marissa tomei to say hey i'm not married i'm not engaged anymore that was that was pretty good so it's still weird so that's 84 the invitations number 83 the letter from season three this is where jerry has an artist friend um that uh george is getting to know so he buys a painting from her um he jerry breaks up with her and he played she plagiarizes a letter um there's also a plot where elaine refuses to remove her baltimore orioles cap during a yankees game uh but the big thing about this episode is the Kramer. I had this, sh- I had a shirt with the Kramer on it. I, I got to get, I got to get a portrait of the Kramer. Uh, one, th- I, this is one of the best scenes uh, in, in the series when the old couple is looking at the Kramer and just, <laughs> just commenting on him. You know, they say, I sense great vulnerability, a man child crying out for love, an innocent orphan in the postmodern world. I see a parasite, a sexually depraved miscreant who's seeking to gratify only his most basic and immediate urges. He is he has struggled. He is man struggle. He is a loathsome, offensive brute. Yet I cannot look away. That is one of the great lines from uh, from from uh, the the series. And then uh, the, the scene where Jerry is reading the letter. And it's it's from the Neil Simon play chapter two. I don't know what I, I don't know what that is. I'm not familiar with that. But uh, so that was that was a, a, a great scene. So that was the letter from season three. Number 82, the wallet from season four. Jerry's parents are in town so that Morty can see a specialist about his back um, and his wallet goes missing. Uh there's the whole plot with the watch. Jerry throws away the watch and Uncle Leo uh, uh, picks it up. Um, this is in the middle of the, the plot with the whole you know show within a show thing. And George plays hardball with them, demanding a better deal. Um, and Elaine comes back from Europe trying to break up with her psychiatrist boyfriend. Um, so but w- the, this is another um, iconic scene or I, I uh, iconic phrase. In uh, in Seinfeld, my wallet's gone. My wallet's gone. I I just recently went to the doctor and I felt everything from this episode of when they make you wait, they put you in that gown. Can we do something about the hospital gown or the or the the gown they put you in in the doctor's office? It is so unflattering. They have you just flapping in the back there, so so humiliating. I hate that thing, but. Um, yeah, that was, that was crazy. There was also the thing about, uh, um, Kramer was telling Jerry's parents that crazy Joe Davola was after him and, and, uh, Jerry's mom keeps going on. It's like, how can anyone not like you? You're a wonderful, wonderful boy. That's, that's basically every mom. Every mom thinks that their, their, their baby is, is, uh, wonderful. Uh, but the, the, the thing about Elaine and the psychiatrist, uh, she, um she 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 says he has his power over me okay he has his way of manipulating every word i say he's like a sven jolly um and and the uh the psychiatrist says to elaine elaine do you remember the dream where you had 
where you made love to a Chinese woman. That was silly. So anyway, that was the wallet from season four. My wallet's gone. Number 81, the pitch from season four. This is the one where they come up with the idea for the show, the show within the show. Uh, Also, Kramer swaps his metal radar detector with Newman. And he doesn't tell him it doesn't work. And Newman gets a speeding ticket. Um, Yeah, this is where Jerry and George pitch the idea to to NBC and uh and and also we meet crazy Joe Davola uh which is which is funny because Joe Davola was was um Joe Davola and, and Lloyd Braun are real people and they were executives and stuff and so um anyway uh so so yeah they're they're, they're talking about the show they say everyone's doing something we'll do nothing and uh, this is another one of the iconic scenes where George says, I think I could sum up the show with you in one word. Nothing. That was good. Um, and and we, we also meet Russell Dalrymple and Susan for the first time. And Russell says, well, why am I watching? And George says, because it's on TV. And he says, not yet. Uh and then they they mimic a scene that actually happened in real life. I guess Larry David actually did tell off the executives at some point. But uh, George says, OK, uh, look, if you want to just keep on doing the same old thing, then maybe this idea is not for you. I, for one, am not going to compromise my artistic integrity. And let me tell you something else. This is the show and we're not going to change it. That, that apparently actually did happen. Um, also, there was a great scene that, that I loved where Jerry gets a phone call and it's from a long distance company. And he says, I can't talk right now. Why don't you give me your home number and I'll call you later. And the guy says, well, we're not allowed to do that. And Jerry says, oh, I guess you don't want people calling you at home. The guy says, no, it's like, well, now you know how I feel. Bam. I would love to do that. <laughs> um, also, um, the the this is uh the episode where kramer throws up on susan because he drinks expired milk and september 3rd is the unofficial holiday of expired milk day for seinfeld so so please celebrate on september 3rd by drinking expired milk number 80 the cafe jerry is fascinated with the new cafe that's open across the street the owner is pakistani immigrant babu and he has few customers and Jerry suggests that he switch to all Pakistani menu. So there's that plot. Then there is George's girlfriend wants him to take an IQ test and Elaine takes it for him. And that, that all gets crazy. Um, I don't think Kramer has anything to do in this episode, but uh, not a whole lot. I mean, that's just a, that's just a real funny plot that of, of George having someone else take an IQ test for him. Um, Elaine does lousy the first time. She only gets an 85 and apparently she has an IQ of like 145 and then she retakes it, but the, she's delayed. And so George, basically the, 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 the jig is up and, and, and George just leaves. And so the girlfriend is, is waiting for Elaine and, and Elaine, uh, the, the girlfriend says, I hope you do a lot better this time. And she did, she got like a one fifty one or something like that. 
Number 79, the non-fat yogurt from season five. Kramer invests in a new non-fat yogurt store, which becomes a hit in the city, but it's not. They're beginning Jerry and Elaine have been gaining weight and wondering if the yogurt is really non-fat. Uh also there is a a um a kid the that's the the kid of the the owner of the non-fat yogurt store and he hears Jerry swearing, so then he starts swearing like crazy. And George runs into former childhood acquaintance Lloyd Braun, who's working on the mayoral campaign for Mayor Dinkins. But the campaign is jeopardized because he dates Elaine and Elaine proposes a name tag system. Uh, also, Kramer is going out with a lab technician and dumps some of the yogurt into Mayor Rudy Giuliani's uh, sample. And they think that he his uh, his cholesterol is high or something like that. So really funny seeing Rudy Giuliani in here. This, you know, really Rudy Giuliani went from mayor of New York City to, well, we won't talk about it. Uh, but, oh, oh, and also uh, for some reason, George says that he has a weird thing with his elbow that he it just keeps sticking out. Um, and then Lloyd Braun refers him to a, to a doctor and there's a whole crap about that. Um, so yeah, that, that was the non-fat yogurt. Number 78, the handicap spot from season four. The gang goes out shopping for a joint gift for a couple who are about to get married. George is using his father's car and and parks in a handicap spot. And then somebody gets um, a handicapped person has to park far away and they get hurt. And there's a there's a mob near the car or something like that. Uh, so that that whole crazy thing, there's there's um, and then George and, and then Kramer falls in love with the girl that's in the handicap spot and uh, they, they buy a wheelchair for her, but the wheelchair is defective. So she goes, she ends up rolling down a hill. Um, this is the episode where we hear about the trade, the Drake, love the Drake, love the Drake and the Drake Uh, But when they, when they go to see the Drake, uh, they find out that, they just broke up. They were just about to get engaged, but uh, they they broke up. And for some reason, Drake's ex-fiance takes all of the gifts and gives them away. Like, hello, why don't you give them back to the people? What 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 is this? Um, another notable thing about this episode is originally they had another actor be George's dad. And then they they switched him out. I saw the episode with the with the original actor John Randolph. Ugh, ugh. This they they made a, a good choice uh, just switching to uh, Jerry Stiller. Uh, th- there's also so so the, the George's dad's car is is ruined because the mob got to it, or the, this this angry mob got to it, and. Uh, one of one of their one of uh, George's parents' friends say, maybe you ought to make him your butler, <laughs> like, like in the, the plot of the pilot. Um, there's a lot of handicap humor, which is probably not politically correct. Like like when Kramer says, 
she's got everything I've ever wanted in a human being, except for the walking. Oh man. And uh and then the, the wheelchair salesman. <laughs> He's he's trying to uh, sell him a, a wheelchair. This is the best model, the Cougar Nine Thousand. It's the Rolls Royce of wheelchairs. This is like you're almost glad to be handicapped. Oh come on, just, come on, people. Um, uh, eventually the the handicapped woman dumps Kramer and calls him a hipster doofus. Oh boy. Number 77, the visa from season four. Jerry returns from um, out of town and he gets Babu's visa application, but uh, he gets it by mistake and uh, Babu ends up being deported because the, the mail got switched up and whatever. Um, George at uh talks to an attractive lawyer and it actually is ping's um cousin who is suing elaine uh and there's um and then she was supposed to help with babu's case but they but they break up we'll talk about that in a second um also kramer returns early from fantasy baseball camp because he got into a fight with joe pepitone and knocked out mickey Mantle. <laughs> Uh, this is another Babu episode. Daddy, you're very, you're a very good man. You're a bad man. You're a bad man. Uh, there's the line from they're talking about Kramer, and George says Kramer goes to a fantasy camp. His whole life is a fantasy camp. People should plunk down two thousand dollars and live like him for a week. Do nothing. Fall ass backwards in the money. Mooch food off your neighbors and have sex without dating. That's a fantasy camp. Uh, but the main thing is George meets this this lawyer and tries to be the funny one and he knows that when she sees jerry and jerry actually is the funny one that he's going to not look as funny so he tells jerry to not be funny and that is one of the funniest things of this series is jerry trying to be dark dark jerry is so funny um they're all together and somebody mentioned something about a birthday and Jerry's all dark. He says, well, birthdays are merely symbolic of how another year has gone by and how little we've grown, no matter how desperate we are, that someday a better self will emerge with each flicker of the candles on the cake. We know it's not to be the rest for the, that for the rest of our sad, wretched, pathetic lives. This is who we are to the bitter end. Inevitably, irrevocably happy birthday no such thing and she is so attracted to him <laughs> she's so attracted to dark jerry and then george has to tell her no i put him up to that and at the end he says i'm disturbed i'm depressed i'm inadequate i've got it all uh so so funny um number 76 the summer of george from season eight so George has three months severance pay from the Yankees. He's going to, George decides he's going to have a great summer, but that doesn't go quite as planned. Um, Jerry is dating uh, someone new who invite, he invites to attend the Tony Awards. But when he picks her up, she, it looks like she has already has a boyfriend. And Kramer is at the awards ceremony and ends up on stage and, and wins a Tony. 
and but he has to to keep the Tony. He has to get rid of Raquel Welch. And at work, L- Elaine makes a comment about a coworker um, not moving her arms, and the the, the coworker goes crazy on her. So, uh, so in the end, George slips on the invitations, ironically, and is uh, is is paralyzed temporarily. And uh, he says, "This is this is supposed to be the summer of George," and. Uh, there's a whole thing about Elaine and guys really want to see girls fight. So that kept saying cat fight, cat fight. Okay, whatever. Number 75, the sponge from season seven. Elaine's birth control method is being discontinued. So she after she finds it, she has to she she puts her guys on uh, interviews to see if they're sponge worthy. Uh, this is also the one where Kramer participates in the AIDS walk and w- refuses to wear the ribbon and um, which was really funny. And then George meets a woman and doesn't get her phone number. And he gets it off the list of the, from of participants from the AIDS walk. But it's a whole thing about keeping secrets and George tells Susan and Susan tells someone else and uh, whatever. The big thing is, you know, the, the iconic phrase sponge worthy. That's, that's what we get out of it. But also the phrase, the, the scene where uh, Kramer refuses to wear the AIDS ribbon and we meet, I think it's named Cedric and Bob or something like that. And they turn around. It's like, who, who does not wear the, wear the ribbon? And they beat him up. Number 74, the cigar store Indian from season five. Jerry is deemed a racist when he purchases a Native American statue for Elaine. Kramer tries to get Elaine's company to publish his coffee table book about coffee tables. Elaine runs into a really creepy man on the subway who steals Frank's TV guide and follows her to the Costanza's house. And George gets grounded when he has sex with a woman in his parents' bed. Um, there's a lot of good stuff here. There's a, there's, there's a lot, not that hits. Um, the whole thing about Jerry and trying to date uh, Winona is any time that there would be a, a Native American phrase or something like that, he would he would like dance around it. Like you know, when they say they went to a restaurant, he can't say that they got reservations or that he got tickets from a scalper or there was someone's an Indian giver or something like that. Um, yeah, this is where Kramer gets the idea. It's like, hey, you know what would make a great coffee table book? A coffee table book about coffee tables. Um, and then, yeah, he meets up with uh, Mr. Lipman and, and, and gives him the idea. Um, this is uh, where we meet Ricky, which is one of the great uh, one-off characters. Actually, he was on. He was in two episodes. Um, uh, you know, obsessed with the TV guide. Uh, it was really cute when uh, Ricky and Frank got together and talked about their love of the TV guide. That was cute. Uh, the TV guide had Al Roker on the cover. Fat Al Roker. It was very weird seeing Fat Al Roker at the end of this uh, episode. Um, but George getting grounded when he has sex with a woman in his parents' bed. Uh that was one of that's a great scene. That's a great scene where where uh Frank uh George's dad says, Who told you you could have sex in our bed? 
and and George says, "Well, my bed is too small." And, and George's dad says, "Your bed is too small. I've gone two weeks, and you turn our house into Bourbon Street." Um, that was great. Also, also, I love when uh, Ricky says to Elaine, "Elaine, you look scrumptious." Number 70, no, 73, the seven from season seven. George meets Susan's cousins who are about to have a baby and they have a hard time agreeing on a name. And they find out that George wants seven. He George wants the name seven for, for his kids eventually someday. And uh, but the cousins take the idea and and George freaks out. Um Elaine buys an antique bicycle and hurts her neck in the process. Kramer fixes her neck and wants the bicycle in exchange because she said he would she would give it to him. And Jerry's new girlfriend wears the same dress every day. I okay. I know it's a I, I apparently okay, it's a thing that you know it's basically the Jerry girlfriend of the week, but she wears the same dress every day. Who really this is this is what we're this is what we're we're breaking up with women for um elaine and kramer go to an impartial judge to to judge to determine who should get the bike and it's newman newman is kramer's friend how is he impartial that was weird that's number 73 the seven number 72 the wife from season five Jerry gets a permanent discount at a local dry cleaners after returning a locket he found in a jacket. Um, and his new girlfriend, Meryl, claims a discount because they say she's Jerry's wife. But then it gets out of hand and they pretend they're married and it does not go well. Um, Elaine thinks an airline pilot who goes to the same health club has interest, but quickly uh, when he when he wipes the top of her water bottle, but George is in trouble when the pilot sees him urinating in the shower at the same club. Uh, and there's a whole thing with Kramer and not getting enough sleep. So he goes to a tanning bed. He goes to a tanning bed too long. And he's too dark. And he's meeting his girlfriend. Who's African-American or something like that. Oh, I don't even want to talk about that. But anyway, this is where um, there's two things. First of all, this is Courtney Cox right before she got on Friends. So this was uh, this was significant. Also, this is this is a great scene about the the, the ping and the drain and and he says I was there. I saw a drain since when? And Lisa says when is a drain a toilet? And, and George says it's all pipes. What's the difference? I still I still use that phrase all the time. Different pipes go to different places. And and, uh, and Jerry says, "All right, can we just drop all the pee pipe stuff?" Great stuff. Number seventy-one, the parking space from season three, coming from the flea market. Elaine and Dan and George damage Jerry's car when George drives over a pothole, and then they try to find a parking space, and someone else tries up to get in that space too. So they fight over the parking space, and that goes on all day. And um, Elaine comes up with this elaborate story about damage to the car. Um, and Kramer doesn't do much. Kramer is just mad because um, George and Elaine went to the flea market without him. Uh, what's really what, what, what I just learned is that this, this episode was written by Larry David and Greg Daniels. 
the the creator of the office and parks and rec and king of the hill so you know basically a tv comedy titan um and uh i, I like when george says um that he's he's obsessed with not paying for parking he said he said uh it's like going to a prostitute. Why should I pay when if I apply myself, I could get one for free? Okay. Uh, but this is also the episode where uh, Kramer's friend, Mike, calls Jerry a phony. And, and Jerry, Jerry confronts him about it. And, and Mike says, you, mi- you completely misunderstood what I said. I meant it in a complimentary way. I mean, you know, when people say he's bad, that means he's good. That sort of thing, you know, slang. And Jerry says, use it in a sentence. And Mike says, ah, oh, that man, that Michael Jordan is so phony. Love that. Um, Elaine's story was about a pack of wild teenagers that chased them, but that they may eventually find out that's uh, that's not it. So um, that was the parking space. Number 70. Uh, the Van Buren boys. Kramer has a run-in with a gang named after President Van Buren when he accidentally flashes their secret sign and becomes a member of the gang. Uh, Elaine, El- Elaine has to ghostwrite Peterman's autobiography and uses Kramer's stories as filler material. And George has to pick a scholarship recipient um, and picks an average Joe instead of an overachiever. Um, oh, and J- Jerry's girlfriend is it seems like there's nothing wrong with her, but everybody thinks she's a loser. I, I still don't understand that plot. Uh, this was Christine Taylor, who ended up marrying Ben Stiller, who was Jerry Stiller's son, who is Frank Costanza. So basically, she's Frank Costanza's daughter-in-law. So would they, would he be really would she be related to George? I don't know, but um, so it was. And, and I always every time I see think of Christine Taylor, I always think of she was she was Marsha. She was she's a perfect Marsha, and she was in those uh, Brady Bunch movies. Um, uh, I, I like when when uh, George says uh, his his GPA is a solid two right in that meaty part of the curve, not showing off, not falling behind. Um, but the whole thing with Peterman here is I love Peterman, but he was just blah in this episode. He he didn't want to talk about anything, do anything interesting or talk about interesting. He's just in his apartment, his 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 boring apartment in sweatpants uh, doing nothing. It was just very, very dumb. So that is number 70, the Van Buren boys. All right. So we are continuing here. This was, I believe, part six. We are, we are, we are into the now the top, the tops from 69 to one. So I try to do these once a week. So here we go. (laughs) Thanks for listening or watching. See ya.